Welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast with IT leaders who are driving the future of a software-defined infrastructure-based data center. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world. My name is Jake Smith, and welcome to another Conversation in the Cloud. I am joined today by Vishal Rai, co-founder and CEO of Embold. Welcome. Hi, Jake. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you because we're talking about my favorite subject, and that's artificial intelligence. Can you give our listeners a little bit of background, Vishal, about Imbold and about your background? Because it's quite interesting. Sure. So I'm the co-founder of Imbold. My background is engineering. I used to work for very large companies developing software in Silicon Valley, actually. And then... Over time, I saw this huge opportunity, and I wouldn't call it AI. I just saw this huge application of this technology, which was coming up you know, mid-2000s called deep learning. And I was fascinated how some of the biggest universities, companies were using this deep learning, which is coming back on Vogue, to address some of the biggest problems or challenges. And that's what got me excited. And I was looking for an opportunity to see what could be a good application of this technology. And I found one in software development. And that's my story. And we said, I got really excited with my co-founder. And we said, hey, I think this is a great opportunity. And here we are with Embold. So that's our story. Extremely excited about what the world calls as AI, the different techniques and opportunities it offers and the potential of the technology because software is literally running the world. And the more you amplify its abilities, the more you improve the productivity of developers who are building some of the most life-changing applications on the planet across companies, you know, the better it becomes for all of us. So that's the motivation. It's an amazing vision that you guys have started down on because I think so often there's so many different frameworks that folks can choose and there's so much work that needs to be analyzed. And there's so many different contributors that the code really needs to have a deep learning applied to it, really. So talk a little bit about how you guys created Static Code Analyzer. I think it's an amazing solution that our listeners would like to hear more about. Sure. So static code analysis has been around for 40 years. I think ever since programming languages have been developed and invented, you know, how do you define a good programming language? I think a good programming language is not just a language that helps developers write great applications, but a good programming language also needs to have a good set of debugging and the whole support mechanism so that developers, as they write software using that language, write it clean and it achieves its stated quality goals. So it's been around forever since the first programming languages have been written. However, in the recent 10 years, what has given it a leg up is the whole Moore's law, is the whole price performance computing paradigm where computing has literally increased tenfold where the price has crashed. And therefore you can do much faster analysis, much richer analysis. And that's why that's given a huge leg up to this whole world of static analysis. And it's important, right? I mean, software is going to be in our bodies in five years, and you do not want it to crash as often as your smartphone does. So you have to start taking the quality of the software products much more seriously. And we've just got started. I think in the future, application of neural networks and the new algorithms that are coming out is going to completely change the paradigm of software development. Imagine if everyone could develop software 10 times faster with half the effort, the impact of that change could be phenomenal. 
and writing good code correct the first time is one step forward and that's what we're trying to do well, you know, it's not just an endeavor and it's not just we founded a company and we're doing this. You guys are really delving into the dimensionality. You created this Embold score. Can you talk a little bit about the dimensionality of analyzing software and why it's so important to use machine learning in this process? Yeah, I always mention that with an example. Before Embold, I mean, there are great, great static analysis tools in the world. You know, Synopsys, SonarQ, these guys are doing an amazing job. And more needs to be done. I wouldn't say but more needs to be done, I said and more needs to be done. And one of the things that we've evolved, well, we, we noticed very early on, early on in Embold, and I take that with an example. One of the reasons why, in spite of using tools, software today still has problems is because there are two things that are, but from our perspective, and you know, we're very humble, we don't speak for the world. From our perspective, we saw one is the dimensionality of software. You know, we thought it was existing tools in the market analyze software from one dimension which is great, they do a really good job, but because there's still software issues, therefore more needs to be done. So you need to bring multi-dimensionality in the software. Second, you'll be surprised in organizations, large and small, sometimes up to 40% of issues that recur in a release have come in the past and someone's fixed it. So imagine there is up to 40%, I'll say that's the extreme case, but just take the extreme case, take your car company or you're writing operating systems, Issues come up, issues come up in every release and then you fix them. Up to 40% of the issues come up have come in the past and someone's fixed it. So if you could leverage this historical data to ensure that the past mistakes weren't repeated, this problem has to be tackled in multiple dimensions. We're starting small but most efficient manner. So coming back to your dimensionality, if someone were to ask you, Jake, to judge the quality of the room you were sitting in, you may or may not be a civil engineer, but you would naturally say, okay, let me look at the design of the room, right? I would get the design of the room or the blueprint of the room, look at the structures, and then you would sense a certain angle and say, hey, this corner has an anomaly, and then you would dive further down, then say, oh, this corner of my wall could be tricky. Then you start feeling how the humidity is, how the strength is, and therefore you would triangulate on the problem. That's exactly what we do compared to some of the other static analysis techniques where they would say, Jake, the humidity of your room is 65, the ideal humidity is 40, therefore you have a problem, reduce the humidity and you'll get an improvement. It's not wrong, but is that really gonna help you? So that's what we've been able to do, bringing multiple dimensions to help the users triangulate on those specific hotspots in your software, which create the biggest issues. You know, one of the biggest challenges that I faced in my programming life was, this whole paradigm of, you know, you have 50 critical issues in your software, Vishal, and I'm like, oh. and over time, I would just not want to invest the effort to investigate all these 50 and I would eventually suppress it. So that even though I've got great results. You've got great results, but you have showstopper stuff and you're saying, this could be a showstopper for my release. Do I really want to find out that it's a showstopper or do I want to do the release? Correct. And we found a very simple way of doing it. It's pretty inspired by how Google does page rank, right? We said, okay, can we create another level of abstraction on this whole classification of critical major minor and rank all my components in the software from good to bad? So we, we create a ranking system from minus five to plus five. The software is like a human body, it has DNA. So imagine if you want to calculate the health of you, Jake or me, I look at every individual DNA, I'm able to measure with high level of accuracy how good my DNA is. And I give my system score, my body score. We do exactly that with software. And boom, now developers see that I have all my components ranked from good to worst. 
and why, which because it's been designed poorly. It has massive implementation metric issues. It's duplicated everywhere. It has massive code issues. So I can quickly take a decision on what I want to do. So these are a couple of neat little usability techniques that we've introduced and involved, uh, leveraging the good experience of the last 30 odd years to really bring static analysis to the masses. And of course, the other thing is it has to be fast. So our platform is at least three times faster than industry standard. And neural networks is, is a fascinating thing if you use it well. And I read a book where someone defined it really, really beautifully. It says using neural networks in AI is like farming. You know, what do you need to do to get a good crop? You need three things, right? You need a good soil, you need good seeds, and you need a good environment, and therefore you get a good crop. AI is just like that. The soil is the data. The quality of the crop is the quality of the outcome of why you are using AI, and the seeds are the algorithm. So in our world, in you know, software, in software development, there's a ton of data, an explosion of data, right? You have data coming from Git, you have data classian products, you have data coming from logs, and of course, through tools, through code analysis, and you bring that together, you can do some really fun stuff. So that's multidimensionality and neural networks. With a farming analogy and metaphor thrown in. Well done. That was beautiful, Michelle. Thank you. I hope our listeners get a kick out of it. I actually can explain AI now to my father, who is a farmer. So thank you. Can we talk a little bit about our relationship in the Intel AI Builders program? You know, it's a program that's near and dear to my heart and one that I know Embold has taken great advantage of. Can you talk a little bit about the work that we've done together and how your engineers were able to optimize Intel optimized TensorFlow on Xeon? Yes. So I must say, you know, in this collaboration with Intel AI Builders has literally saved us years of development in, in human effort, years. And we really, were surprised. So one of the things that we do is we do a lot of experimentation. We have massive data sets for different programming languages. And one of the areas you are really struggling is if you want to validate or try out a hypothesis or an algorithm. In our current infrastructure, it would take a lot of time, hours, days. In one case, it took us a week. And imagine if that experiment didn't achieve its stated goals, that you would have to rerun it and lose weeks and weeks and weeks. And Eventually, it's very frustrating. And Circa, Intel AI Builders program, you know, we signed up for it. And we basically wanted to optimize our training time. And when we got into the program with them, I'll be very honest. You know, we like, okay, Intel's there, a great organization. What could be the best that we could get? And we were saying the best we could get would be about a 30% increase. But we gave it a shot. And I must say, our expectation was just blown away. Because so far, I mean, till date, we've got an improvement of not 30%, but I think we've got about 2.3x improvement in our training performance, which means we can train our model on large language data sets close to two and a half times faster. And what we have seen is that has completely accelerated our research. And as a result of that, we will be launching a feature in the next three months, which has come out of this partnership because we were able to completely expedite our research and development, uh, especially on the training side through your TensorFlow optimized chipset. So we are absolutely blown away and indebted to Intel and the AI Builders program for helping us. So thank you. Well, it's our pleasure, Vishala. You know, you really highlighted the fact that we've developed AI built in so that developers and thought leaders and code enablers like Embold are in a position 
to really drive the next generation of AI. I want to get into a topic, though, because the AI industry is transforming and you have a vision. And I think in many ways we share the vision. Can you talk a little bit about democratizing AI? Yes, I think democratizing AI is going to be really important today because I think one of the challenges that organizations are seeing in terms of their AI initiatives or AI stories is the cost, both in terms of time, energy, energy especially, and effort. You know, they have a great idea on a successful outcome of the idea could lead to a tremendous leap in the stated goals, be it improving sales, or, you know, speed, performance features. It's very extensive. You know, the true value of AI-enabled applications or AI-enabled efficiency can only happen when you completely get it out in the hands of millions of smart people across the planet who shouldn't worry about the cost, complexity, time, and energy of some of the key factors in doing the research, especially training and inference. And I think what Intel is doing through our AI Builders program with onboarding, you know, young or small startups who have great ideas through this is a tremendous step. And I think it's in the right direction. As it expands, uh, I could imagine the next groundbreaking algorithm to cure cancer or to build the most optimized spacecraft, you know, with the lightest possible infrastructure will be enabled through technologies which are powered through research and AI. That excites me a lot. This is how smartphones have become, right? Smartphones are no longer luxury, they are commodity. And I think if AI becomes commodity, the value is going to be insanely, insanely high. And I think it's going to happen in the next 10 years, especially what, what I see with Intel and my AI Builders program and your roadmap. I think it, we are not, we're going to have some very, very pleasant winners in the, in the next 10 years. Well, I certainly believe that as well. And we've already begun to see that in next generation spacecraft development from the likes of Elon Musk and Tesla and the Amazon Blue Origin team. And there's so many others who are developing technologies above, below ground and in the ocean using AI technologies, as you pointed out. One of the things that I always love to do, and I ask everybody this is, where can our listeners find out more information? So I think one of the things that we have not done very well as in board is publish and tell, tell the world about all the exciting stuff that we're doing with partners like Intel and the AI Builders program. I think we are guilty of that because we are a small team. We're not a large company. We're still about 40 people, you know, very heavy R&D specific organization. And research is tough. You know, you try out 10 things, you fail on nine. But then you get one thing that comes out. So I think we, as a team in Involve, should do better and share what we're doing, including our problem statements. Apart from that, I mean, I follow Alex Friedman very, very closely, admire his podcast. He's a thought leader in AI, and I love his, some of his guests. I think the internet is galore. GP3, the massive value that people are getting out of it. And they're going to be more like GPT 3 that's going to come out. So I would say the news of AI has become completely mainstream. I think podcasts from companies like you know, AI Builders are very exciting. So I think today we just, there's an absolute plethora of information available from someone who wants to do basic machine learning training to applications. I think we live in really good, very, very widespread information ocean right now. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, but if you know what you want to find and where you want to find, I think it's no dearth of information. Well, I would agree, Michelle. You know, I think it's really important to know that you can go to www.intel.com, look up AI Builders Embold, or go yes. to embold.io. 
to look up more information about Embold. But before I let you go, I really appreciate you calling in, but I do want to have our listeners get a chance to really look into your mind into the future. So where do you see the future of Embold and the use of AI code analyzers for the enterprise and cloud? Where do you see it going? I have a hypothesis. I think the whole software development space, it used to be a very simple process. Even if you remember 25, 30 years back, you build your code, you compiled it, you pushed it in your production and it went. Today, that whole process is now taken over by a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. The whole DevOps, sec, you know, space. My hypothesis is eventually, you know, you're going to have an iPhone moment in the DevOps world. Eventually, it's going to come down to being one app. It's just going to be your development. You write your software. There's an intelligent agent setting, pretty much like your Siri or your Alexa. I think there's going to be an Alexa for core. It's going to help anyone. You don't have to be as smart as your kids to write software or Linus or Zuckerberg. You could be an average Joe who's just beginning to write program. I think that is going to be the true democratization. I think you're going to have a very intelligent system, I would say, in the next 10 years, which will enable average Joes. And I consider myself to be an average Joe programmer. I, I, my, my programming skills are just rubbish today. And it would enable me to write the most sophisticated application without having to worry about the quality, the performance, and the outcome. And I think that's how the future is going to be. You will not have an application for CI, CD, development, static analysis. It is all going to be one intelligent layer, and people will just write and ship. There will not be a DevOps organization because this whole thing will just come into what I call an iPhone. I know it's a very, very provocative statement, but with the rate of computing, you know, that we get in an iPhone you know, today, and it's, it's getting better, right? Processing is just getting better and better. That's what I think. And eventually, it's going to be one app, and that's going to help you do everything. And you wouldn't need testers and, and DevOps builders and, and, and sysadmins anymore. And then you just write and ship, and it's going to figure it out. Uh, who wins that battle is, is up for grabs. It could be any of the existing giants, leaders. Or it could be another young company like Embold coming out of, you know, someone's left field and, and going. But because you can do that today, you know, you have all the ingredients to build that intelligent network. And, and I think that's what is fascinating. And my bet is going to happen in the next 10 years. Let's see yeah, it's faster. Well, Vishal, I couldn't agree more. I think it is going to be an iPhone-like moment. How it gets deployed, which framework wins, which interface wins, which launch tool, whatever you want to call it, the code analyzer, the AI, I believe it's all going to actually come together in a single launch characteristic where a code analyzation happens, a validation happens of your application, a validation at scale happens of your application, then an execution in what I call a low threshold environment is created. And then you determine whether you're going to invest to scale or, or refactor your code. And I think you and I agree on that future. Well, I hope our listeners are paying attention because not only is Vishal provocative, he's also very, very smart. And that is important for us to listen to smart people. So on behalf of Vishal Rai, co-founder, CEO of Embold, my name is Jake Smith. I would like to thank my guest, Vishal, for joining us today. And wherever you may be in the world, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, 
and good night.